welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha and more, and the, and the first sentence, the first pasuk of the parasha says, the Eternal said to Moshe, say to the priests, the sons of Aaron, you shall say to your children, and then it starts talking about the different um, restrictions that the Kohen and the Kohen Gadol had in the times of the of the Mishkan and the times of the of the of the temples of what they could do what they couldn't do who they could marry who they couldn't marry but what it's interesting to note is the way in which is paraphrased and um, although it's intended for the specific service of the of the priests uh, this this pasuk really is talking to all the Jewish people on the importance of the education of their children, on their hinuch, on the education. So uh, the Rambam writes, just as a wise man can be recognized through his wisdom and his character traits, for in this he stands apart from the rest of the people, so too he should be recognized in his behavior, in his conduct. And the Rambam, the Rambam's intent is that the Jewish approach to knowledge has to be more than theoretical. And um, it's not just only telling your children, oh, you can do this, you cannot do this, this is right, this is wrong. This is beautiful, yes, we, we have to teach them the right way, but it's more than that. And so instead, a person's knowledge must shape his character. It's not so important to teach your kids what's right, what's wrong, but what they learn from you has to shape their character. And more importantly, it has to influence their behavior. And this is what distinguishes a wise man. So amongst the types of conduct mentioned by the Rambam as appropriate for a wise man is, ref is refined speech. And we've been learning this in the past parashas, the parasha of, the, of Tasriya that talks about the disease that came out from speaking Lashonara. Lashonara is speaking uh, in a negative way about somebody, even if it's true. It's to, to talk about their character traits, to talk about, judge them of what they're doing in their lives. This is considered Lashonara. It's considered evil speech. And in those days, people would get this disease that would look like, um, like a skin disease, like lep lepra, like, um, like leopard. And, um, but it wasn't a, a disease of the physical, of the, in a physical sense, it was a disease in a spiritual sense. So here we continue learning about this, about the importance of speech, of how important it is, how we talk to other people, how we teach our children. And so he says that a Torah scholar should not shout or shriek while speaking. Instead, he should speak gently to all people, like a person who is a person that is refined in his character traits, the way he behaves, like a person that's learning Torah all day, he cannot be screaming at people, he cannot be talking to them in a, in a, in a, in a demeaning way, and he should judge all men in a favorable light, speaking his, his, uh, <clears throat> speaking his colleagues' praise, and never mentioning anything that is shameful to him. So it's interesting that we're, we're learning this this week because next week we're gonna be celebrating Lagba Omer. And Lagba Omer is uh, actually, is the day, is the yurt site 
of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and also it's the day that the students of Rabbi Akiva stopped dying. And why did they die? They died from a plague that started on Pesach and ended up in Lagba Omer. 24,000 Torah scholars we're talking about. Imagine the light that was taken away from this world. And the reason they died was because they were not careful in the way that they treated each other, in the way they spoke to each other. And because this, they died because they were spiritual giants. They, they're, when you're a spiritual giant, uh, they don't just pack you. The, the, the consequences of your actions are, are much bigger. But coming back to the Rambam, he says that the wording employed by the Rambam, judging in a favorable light and never mentioning anything that is shameful, implied that Torah scholar may recognize faults with a colleague's character. It doesn't say that he doesn't recognize something negative in another person. Uh, when you have a, a Rebbe and you're learning with this Rebbe, like he, it's commanded that he should tell you what, in which areas of your life you should uh, perfect, refine yourselves. But what it's talking about is that a person should not do it in public. Like if he has to say something to him, he has to be privately. He has to be very careful how he says it. And also, even so, he will speak his colleague's praise. When speaking to his colleague privately, he may patiently and gently rebuke him for his conduct. But when he's speaking to others about this person, he has to see him in good eyes. He has to praise him. He cannot say anything negative about him. So this is not only a reflection of the scholar's own refinement by continually highlighting the other person's positive qualities. He actually encourages this expression. And it's, there's something interesting. He, he, the, the Eli Toger, who, who wrote this, art, this, this article, he tells the, the, the story of the Maggid of Mesrich, who was the, the, the student of the Baal Shem Tov, uh, <clears throat> that he says that sometimes he used to go and, and recite concepts which nobody could understand. They were in such a, uh, in such a high level, so lofty, that the, the people that were learning from him could not understand one word that, of what he was saying. And so how can it be that he went and, 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 and talked to these people things that they could not understand, uh, something that they could never comprehend? So the, the concept is, it's, it's explained by the, the sages, that, which they state that in the realm of the human relations, Lashon Aram, malicious, uh, speech, gossip, kills, kills three people. And so the, it kills the person that speaks, it kills the person that's listening to it, and it kills the person that is spoken about. So this is in a, in a spiritual level, this is not physically, but the damage that can be done through Lashonara is, is tremendous because the person that's speaking, he's harming himself. In the book of the Hofet Saim, on the laws of Lashonara, which I really recommend everybody should learn it. It's called One Lesson a Day. He speaks about the implications of Lashonara. And he says that, for example, the person that's speaking, what happens? He opens, the, you mention a person, and what happens? They open their books up in heaven, and they look at him in heaven, and they listen to what you're talking about them, and they look in their books. 
what, what is being said about them. And so what happens is that you open the gates of deen, of judgment. But the problem is that you're not only opening gates of judgment for the person that's being talked about, you're also opening the, the, the gates of judgment for yourself. Because yes, they open the book, they look at this person, oh, look what they're saying about him. And they see, oh yeah, they are saying, but you know what? They are not taking into consideration that this person just lost their job, he's going through a hard time. They, they, don't, they don't judge us, Hashem doesn't judge us the same way that we judge ourselves. And then they look up there and they look at your book, they look at you and says, oh, look at this person, he's judging this person, he thinks he's so righteous, but look what he did yesterday, look how he spoke to his wife. So what happens, uh, according to the Hofetz Haim, your, your merits, the things that you have accomplished through your righteous deeds, they give them to this person that you're talking about, and his averas, his sins, they go to you. And so one day in 180 years, you go up to heaven and they're gonna say, oh, congratulations for this mitzvah you did, and then you're gonna look and you says, I never did this, I never, they're giving you the mitzvahs of the person that was talking about you and vice versa. So this is what the sages teach, and, uh, and, and they say that the, this conversation has also uh, uh, influences the person that listens to it, because for example, imagine that you have a new neighbor in town, and uh, you're gonna invite this person for dinner at your house, and then this other person tells you, oh, have you met them? No, I haven't, I invited them for dinner. Oh, they're not so nice, you know? They're not so nice. I heard this and this about these people. And so then you already have an idea of these people that you have no idea. You, you haven't met them, you haven't spoken to them. So they come to your house, you already have bad ideas about them. So this is why it's so delicate of how we speak about other people. And, they, and so it says that the, 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 the sages consider equivalent to the combined effects of idol worship murder and adultery it's that's the size of the sin it's very grave but why should the person about whom the gossip was spoken be affected he did not take part in the transgression so in resolution we can go back to the teachings of the maggot of message that he's talking things that are out of our of our intelligence it's the same it's the same idea that when a person talks about negative qualities of another person, it spurs in the, in the spiritual realm, that person, something is awakened in him and he can come to act a way that he's being spoken about. It, it awakens something, it brings something. So the fact that his character faults are being discussed fans the revelation of these qualities. So the Maggot of Mesrich did the opposite, he brought these lofty ideas into the world that nobody understood, so it would fan this revelation so people's minds could open up and they could come to grasp these ideas. Like for example, we learn Hasidut, right? And next week in Lakba Omer, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which is his yurt site, he was the one that in the year two in the common era, came with, uh, with the teachings of the Sohar. They were revealed to him, Kabbalah. Before that, nobody could, teach, could come and grasp these, these ideas. So 
the night of his death, he disseminated these ideas of the Zohar. He taught them to his students. Most likely they couldn't understand half of what he was saying, but they were already into the world. They came in. And then 1500 years later, the Baal Shem Tov, the father of Hasid, Hasidut, was the one that brought this light into the world uh, through him. And then we have the Nachman of Breslov and Lubavitch and all these Hasidic movements that brought this, in, this uh, knowledge to the world. And today, a simple person like me can teach it to you. You see, so this is how information travels in the world, it's, it's scary. And that's why it's so important that we accustom ourselves to always speak positive. If someone comes to you with a bad dream, tell him something positive about it. Say, or you're gonna live 180 years in perfect health and you're gonna become very rich. Say something very positive because words cause an effect in the world. They bring things to the world. And so positive attributes are more powerful than the attributes of retribution. And similar concepts apply with regard to speaking out about a person's, in a about a person's positive character traits. And, uh, and we see it when, when I see it so much, I, I teach people to have good relationships in their, in their marriages. And I tell them like, look at the good, like bring out the good in your partner. Say it, look for it. If he looks handsome today, say, oh honey, you look so handsome, or you look so beautiful, or if you like the way your wife cooks, say it. I love your food, it tastes delicious. Oh, you smell so good. Always try to bring a, a good expression for other people because this is the reality you're forming. Words make your reality. So, so we see the above concept relates to our Torah reading, which is called Emor. Emor is, co is a command telling one to speak. In the context of the Torah, this command was an immediate application to communicate the laws pertaining to the priesthood. Nevertheless, the fact that, is, it, that this term is used as the name of the reading indicates a much wider significance of how people speak. And so yet we find our sages counseling say little, and I did not find anything better for one person than silence. Like if you're not gonna say anything nice about a person, like keep quiet. This is my motto in life. If I'm not, I have nothing nice to say about a person, I shut my mouth. I don't say anything negative about anybody because it brings judgment to the world. It, re it really, creates an energy. So implying that excessive speech is not desirable, because why? If you go to a person and you tell them, oh, you met such and such, she's such a nice person, she's amazing and she has a beautiful home and her kids are gorgeous, she's so much fun. And then a person will open their mouth and they say, yeah, but you know what? She's not nice to her mother. You know, they'll find some, an excuse to say something negative. So that's why we should say little necessary. You see the Torah, the Torah doesn't talk more than necessary. It's what it says what it means, it means what it says. It's very precise in its words. And, and we should emulate that, that's the way we should be. Nor can we say that the charge, the, the charge and more refers to the commandment to speak words of Torah. For there is an explicit command and you shall speak of them, encouraging, uh, encouraging us to prof proliferate the Torah words, 
Instead, MBOR refers to speaking about colleagues, virtues, and explain, as explained about, above. It really, that's what the Torah is trying to tell us. And so our sages associate the command and more with the obligation of Hinuch, as I said before, of education of our children. And, um, and, and, and in this way, this is very important, the way we speak to our kids. Uh, today, in our society, we see that parents are very careful how they speak to their children. They're almost like, I wanna be your friend, I don't wanna be your parent. And here the Torah tells us, no, sometimes you have to say things straightforward. When the Torah is talking about the Kohanim, he says he cannot have bushy eyebrows, he cannot have a crooked nose, he cannot have a, a limb that's missing. If he, is, is, if he is not perfect in his makeup, he cannot serve in the temple. It's not saying, oh, if he's like trying to, to cover things so nobody gets offended. You know, when sometimes in life you have to say things as they are, especially when you're educating your kids. But at the same time, what it's telling us is we also have to look for the virtues. You have to have that balance. So, lihasir, the Hebrew word translated as to adjure, shares the same root as the word sohar, which means radiance. So hard means radiance, and this teaches a fundamental lesson with regard to the education of our children, and it, it must be characterized by radiant light. In general, there are two ways to persuade children to reject undesirable behavior. One is to emphasize how their behavior is, is not so good, right? How base it is and to show them a better approach. It's not just to say, oh kid, you're so lazy, you know? Oh, you're such a lazy boy. You never pick up anything. I, I, I don't know what to do with you. This is not the way to do it. The way to do it is, oh honey, you know what? I know that you have the quality of order. It would be so nice if you order the house. You have that quality. It's better to, have a, to live in a nice house that is orderly than to live in a mess. You know, look, look for the other alternative. Like, how do you like to live? Do you like to live in a messy place? Do, do you mind it? Or do you prefer when things are clean and, and in order? And, and most likely a person would like when things are in their place. So Lihasid underscores the importance of spreading light for a light, little light repels much darkness. And by shining light, one will kindle the inner light which every person possesses. And this reminds me of a story of a lady that had many kids. And there was one particular child she had. She couldn't stand this child. Like, really, he got on her nerves. She was really, she even felt bad. She felt she didn't love her child because he was such a nuisance. So she went to the psychologist and the psychologist told her, you know what, for one week, try to look at something good in your child. Just look at something good. When you find that something good, say it to him, say it to him. And so she went home and this kid was a menace in the house. Everything he did bothered her. But suddenly when she said, let's go and brush our teeth, this was the first kid to jump out of the chair and go running and put on his pajamas and, and wash his teeth. And so she said, oh wow. He's the only one that does it. I never realized he always, and she saw every day, let's go and wash our teeth. And this kid would jump and go and wash his teeth. So she started praising him for it. And she started saying, oh, 
oh, uh, let's call him Johnny. I'm so proud of you. You are always running to wash your teeth. Mommy's so proud of you. And little by little, she started seeing other things that were okay with her kid. Not, not okay, great things about her kid. But she was so blinded because of the negative. And so she went to the, to the psychologist a week later and she says, I can't believe I found so many good things in my child. And so she says, because that's the way. When you, when you foster the negativity, that's all you're going to see. But when you start looking at the positive in other people and you say it, you say it then this is what takes place. So there is a deeper dimension to the above concept in a complete sense, the hinuch of one's children, and by extension, everyone whom one influences, everyone you touch their lives with, should not be viewed as an obligation beyond one's own divine service, and another task to be accomplished, but rather as a natural outgrowth of that service. When a person's divine service reaches a consummate peak, and in keeping with the thrust of Ahavat Israel, which is the teaching of Rabbi Akiva, that's what he taught us to love our neighbor like ourselves, and Achdus of Israel, unity of the Jewish people, he joins together with others, his contact with them will foster their personal growth. When you look at the good in everybody, when you love someone because he's a child of God, he, he shares with you a common soul, we all come from the same father and you're able to tap into that and you look at the good in people, the light, the light that shines forth from, from, from the people will be obvious. When you believe in someone, that person will show you. You know, sometimes a child only needs to be believed on. When you believe in someone and you tell them, I can see you have this quality, I can see you can be good at this, I see how good you're with your sister, I see how kind you are to this, to the old lady in the street, how you help her cross the street. I see these things. So when you see and you, and you say it to them, then this will bring a, a revolutionary change in the person. So it is as kindling a light. It's like if you're lighting a candle and this will lead to the era in which the wise will shine as the splendor of the firmament and Israel will leave their exile in mercy. And this is, a, this is from uh, the Raya Mehema, from the Sohar, from the teachings ex ex explained about the redemption. Will come in the merit of this book of yours, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Sohar, the book of radiance. Radiance signifying Lagba Omer and, um, and how this light should shine, not from, only from within, but from outside too. You should infuse it to other people. And, it's, and, and it comes from the way you speak. So I want to wish you a, a beautiful week. And remember to be a light, to shine to others, to help others find their light also. Because it's not only you being this light. It's about helping others find them, theirs too. And in this way, this whole world will be transformed to the era of Mashiach. So live a little higher. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.